0: Section 8 of Walnut Growing in Oregon This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Walnut Growing in Oregon by Jacob Calvin Cooper Walnut Grafting Walnut grafting is in a class by itself, and walnut budding is not a success as practiced at the present time, although the ordinary method is shown in the cut. The top grafting method shown easy and sure if you have the know-how and skill. One of the important things to remember in tree surgery, as well as other kinds, is to work quickly and deftly. Don't let the wounds of the scion or the stub remain exposed longer than necessary. Make the cut smooth with a very sharp knife, kept sharp by frequent stropping. Expert walnut grafters are few, but the ordinary skillful orchardist or amateur can do fairly successful work by a study of the drawings in Details of Walnut Grafting on the next page and Using Common Sense Methods Cut off the branch or stock to be grafted with a sharp priming saw at a point where the stump will be from one to two and a half inches in diameter. Split through the center of the stub with a sharp knife as shown in Figure 1 using a mallet. Depress the point of the splitting knife and strike with the mallet, cutting the bark and sap down the side of the stub instead of tearing it. Then depress the handle and cut down the other side in the same way. Open the split slightly with a hard wood wedge, as in figure two. Slightly bevel the split, cutting upward, with a sharp knife as in figure three. Insert the carefully fitted scion as at figure four, being careful to have the cambium layer, the inner layer of the bark, of both stub and scion come together. When the scion is carefully fitted, remove the wedge and fill the split with paper as shown in figure five. Then cover all wounds over with wax brushed on warm as at figure six. The melted wax should be about the consistency of thick honey. Tie a paper sack overall as at figure seven. This should remain until scions begin to grow. It keeps them warm and prevents drying out by hot winds. In from 10 days to three weeks, the scions will have started sufficient to gradually remove the cover as at figure eight. In eight or 10 days from the time graphs are set, a small opening should be cut or torn in the north side of the paper sack so that the sprouting buds may have air and their growth noted when the stock is too large to split through the center it should be split to one side of center as shown in figure 9 the method of shaping the scions is shown in figures 10 11 and 12 good scions and poor are shown in 13 and 14 scions with buds not too far apart are best prong grafting is shown in figures 15 to 18 and flute budding in 19 and 20 in grafting The stalk should not close on the scion with sufficient force to bruise or injure it, but just tight enough to hold. Scion should be of last year's wood and pruned or cut from the trees in late winter, when the tree is dormant, and cut into about 12-inch lengths, long enough to make three or four grafts. Select upright wood. Drooping branches make a sprawling and sometimes barren tree. The dormant scion should be packed away in a cool, dark cellar in damp sand or moss or put in cold storage and kept dormant until ready for use. Do not allow buds to swell. It will be well to look at them occasionally to see that they do not get too dry nor be so damp as to mold. In the spring when the sap is well up and the trees to be grafted have sprouted and are growing during April and May, the grafting should be done. Work may be continued even after the catkins are out and the leaves half grown. The methods described are those practiced by Mr. George C. Payne, probably the most successful walnut grafter in the business. Grafting Wax The following formula is the grafting wax used by Mr. Payne. Rasin, five pounds, beeswax, one pound, finely pulverized charcoal, one to two pound, raw linseed oil, one gill. Be sure that the charcoal is finely pulverized. First melt the beeswax and resin, being careful not to have the fire too hot. Add the charcoal, stirring constantly, and then add the oil. Mold into bricks by pouring into greased pans. When desiring to use, break off a few lumps and melt in such a contrivance as is shown in the plate of grafting tools. The wax must be quite liquid if applied successfully. Nursery grafting, or root grafting, is not a success as practiced at present. The best grafters do not succeed with more than 10 to 15%. This makes the grafted tree cost from $1.50 to $2 per tree and makes that kind of walnut planting expensive. However, Colonel Dosh, in his article, quotes Professor Leckenby, the noted agristologist, as saying that if directions are religiously followed, 90% of the grafts will grow. The directions are as follows. For walnut grafts on scions, use one gallon of water with four teaspoonfuls of sulfate of quinine. Cut scions submerged in the solution, and wash the cut on tree at once, to prevent it from turning black, acting as an antiseptic, Then insert the scion as on the other fruit trees. This, from such authority, is worthy of a trial. A great amount of experimenting has been done in walnut grafting, and a way to success will be found. Best stock on which to graft: Mr. Burbank, Judge Lieb, and George C. Payne, all of California, think the California black or some of its hybrids make the best stock in California. Mr. Groener prefers the hybrid for Oregon. Mr. A. McGill of Oregon thinks that neither the California black nor its hybrid are suited to this climate. Few have had more experience, costly experience at that, than Mr. McGill. He thinks the American black better for Oregon. It is sometimes asked, why not plant seedling walnuts and topwork those that are not good bearers? Because the grafts will not do so well on the English stock as on the black, and it is also found that the English stock does not make as good a foundation as the black. Therefore, The best growers in Oregon conclude that the seed from a thrifty American black, or close hybrid, is best for this state. And three or four years after planting, cut off the trunk about as high as a man's waist or shoulder, and put in the graft from the best variety available. The third year from setting of the graft, you will have a crop of nuts. Mr. Payne can set 250 to 300 grafts in a day. His wages are $8 a day, and he furnishes the wood. So, you see that your trees would cost very little. Good black walnut seed can be had very cheap, probably at a cost of 50 cents to $1 per bushel, the Oregon product preferred. Some of the California hybrids make rapid growth, but too rapid growth of wood may not be desirable. It may mean early maturity and early decay, and too few walnut bearing boughs. Good plan for walnut orchard. Mr. Prince of Yamhill County, has modified his views somewhat in regard to the grafted and seedling trees. He thinks that possibly the permanent orchard should be of the grafted variety, possibly on the Royal or California hybrid of rapid growth. He proposes the above form of an orchard. The principal grafted trees should be placed in square form 60 feet apart, represented by Figures 3. In the center of these squares, at Figures 2, he would either plant the same trees or some other seedling variety, which will bring the trees about 42 feet apart. Midway between the main grafted trees, he would plant other trees, or apple trees, represented by figures 1 in the little squares. This would make trees 30 feet apart. At the end of 15 or 20 years, when the trees possibly become crowded, he would remove the number 1 trees. If this were an apple tree, it would have already served its best days, and no great loss would be had by its removal. At the end of 25 or 30 years, we would remove number 2, if the trees became crowded, leaving a permanent orchard of trees 60 feet apart, 12 trees to the acre. This is an excellent arrangement, and no doubt about the best that has yet been proposed for walnut culture in Oregon. It is best to plant in square form. A tree to the center of each square, 40 to 60 feet apart is the rule. Berries, small fruit, potatoes, vetch, peas, beans, etc. can be grown between the trees while they are young leaving six or eight feet free to be cultivated each side of the trees. Many plant apples, peaches, prunes, or cherries between walnut trees, planning to cut them out when the latter are of such size as to need all the space. These crops between the rows produce an income during the eight years waiting for the walnuts to come into bearing. Each grower must decide this point according to his situation, always avoiding grains and grasses. End of Section 8 Recording by. Valentina Vicelli.